guilty thief hung on a cross for crimes that he had done. His final moments spent in shame next to God's own son. He cried out for mercy and asked for forgiveness for such a wasted life. Then Jesus looked up and said, child, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus carried my shame up Calvary's mountain and gave his life on a tree. He took the nails, the guilt, and despair for a wretched sinner like me. Conquered every sin and in saving me meant another cross. He would do it all over again. She crossed on over to the women's side, honey. <laughs>
Good morning. You want to stand with us and worship with us? Happy Father's Day, men. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's great to see you all. And today is a very special day because it is Father's Day. 
Let's give it up for our fathers that are in the house. And this just in from the pastor. Testing one. This just in. Look into my eyes. Today, for every father, all the dads, raise your hand. Dads, super dads. Everybody clap real huge for dads. We love dads. We celebrate dads. We honor dads. Every dad in the house today, if you even just want to be a dad, <laughs> Madison's giving us the big, yes, she supports, yes. Brandon's up there, girl, he's up there. If you just even want to be a dad, we want you to go by and grab you. Today we'll be having these free gifts for you. I think they'll be having them waiting at the doors. Eddie, got one for you, brother. Grab one of these. Make sure you take it with you. I mean, with the ladies, you know, they never know what to get for Father's Day. And they come in, they showed me this real pretty pin. It says Stratford Heights Church of God on it. And I was like, well, that's real nice. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. And then they went like this. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, we like that. So we got one of these for all the guys in the house today. And so happy Father's Day to you. I just wanted to totally interrupt the welcome to let you know. We celebrate you today. We are glad we have good, godly, awesome fathers in the house today. Amen. 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 With that being said, we imagine that there's tons of uh, first-time visitors, maybe special visitors. You're with your father today. We welcome you especially. Uh, thank you so much for being here. We're going to get out in the aisles right now. We're going to welcome each other into the house of God this morning on this Father's Day.
but the grave could not contain you, for you Are y'all ready to do a little bit of spiritual warfare in here this morning? Can we do that on Father's Day? Is that all right? Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. How many of you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the strongholds down? Amen. I just felt in my spirit while we were singing that song, wonderful job anointed holy ghost has got them on fire for that and i appreciate that because it's in a moment like that when the holy spirit is stirring that we can get things done in the spirit realm i'm tired of the devil thinking he can do whatever he wants to the church i'm tired of thinking he wants to turn this thing into something that he thinks he can win the battle how many of you know we are built on the solid rock Christ Jesus and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church we're going to cast down every stronghold I'm praying for Charleston South Carolina say amen I'm praying for every church across the country I'm praying that God put a restraining order on the devil they cannot get in the back door the front door they can't enter into God's sanctuary I'm praying a pleading the blood prayer over every house of God there is would you help me right now reach over and take someone by the hand father we come before you right now and Lord we're praying we're the church we're not some weak skinny little thing that doesn't have no power we're not some little wimpy organization hiding from everybody lord we are the church of the living god and we come in the name that is above every name the name of jesus christ and we pray your protection we pray your your provision 
We pray your strength and your power to be at work. God, protect your pastors, protect your teachers, protect, God, your, your parishioners, protect the members, the choir members. Touch your church and protect them at the back door, at the front door, at the side door. Put a restraining order on the enemy and we rebuke every foul spirit that has poised itself against the house of God. We pray for protection from one end of this world to the other, wherever they're meeting in the name of Christ. And we ask for protection. And we believe we can do this, not in our name, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Now, if you believe that, put your hands together and let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing it again, Missy.
remember the day that God's love found you? Do you remember the person you were? Just like the words of this song says, the power of his love transformed you. We are not the persons that we were because of his love. A love that pursues, a love that restores, a love that endures. It's the only power that could save a dying world. So the word says, love conquers all. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you've done at this moment, you're not here by coincidence. You're here by divine, by divine appointment. God wants to tell you this morning that he loves you. He'll always love you. He'll never fail to love you. If you'll let him work in your life, he'll restore you. He'll build you up. He'll lift you up. And he'll always be with you. We're here today to honor our heavenly father. Father of all fathers. The one that's worthy of all of our praise. Amen. Now as we join together this morning to pray for Israel, I think it's fitting and prudent that we would pray for nine families that are struggling right now. You probably all heard the tragedy that happened in Charleston, South Carolina, and there's nine families right now that don't know what happened to them. And they need this power right now, the power of God's love to touch them. Because he's the only one that's going to be able to help them get through this. I haven't had to endure a loss of a close family member yet, so I really don't have an understanding, but I know God does. And there's probably many of you that's gone through it, and you know God's been there for you. So there's been good people that's prayed for you when you was going through that. And now we're going to join together and pray for them. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we love you this morning. We're so thankful. We're so very thankful for your love. Love that pursues, a love that restores, a love that endures. Lord, we thank you because you're always there for us. No matter what's going on in our life, you're always there for us. No matter how many times we've turned our back on you and how many times we've tried to run away, you've always pursued us and brought us back. Lord, we lift up these nine families and Lord Charleston, Lord, I ask that you would be with them this morning, Lord, that you would work in their lives, that you would give them peace and help them through these difficult times. Lord, that you would be with them, each and every one of them, Father as they're trying to sort through their life and trying to understand what's happened. That's that you would minister to them, that you would love on them, that you would surround them with people that's gonna love on them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, and we also, in obedience to your word, join together this morning and pray and intercede for Israel. That's that you would touch your people, that you would protect them, that you would be with the mothers and the fathers and the soldiers, Lord, and the leaders. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray blessings over Israel this morning. Amen. Maybe seated. Before he takes the offering this morning, I would like to be the first to introduce you to a young lady who goes to your church. This is little Raylan Grace King, and this is her first Sunday. Would you make her welcome? I know you want to see her. I love it when everybody goes, aw. Sweet little baby. Mom and dad are not proud at all. A lot of people sleep in my services. 
But at least she's got a hand raised. That's good. are going to be coming forward now to assist us. And I know today's a very special day. Today we celebrate fathers. It's a day that we love and invest on our fathers. I think we need to first and foremost love and give to the father of all fathers this morning and honor him. Let's pray for our offering. Father, we thank you for all that you've given us. We thank you for your provision in our lives. And as we assemble here this morning, we come together in unity as one body to lift you up, to honor and glorify your name. We honor you this morning as our heavenly father. We thank you for the life that you've given us. We ask that you would just bless this offering, that you would use it for the building of your kingdom. We ask that it would meet the needs of this church here in Middletown and that it would help support the missionaries that we support in South America and in Europe. I ask that you would be with us and that you would guide us and that you would strengthen us, Lord, and use us to bring people to you in these last days. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. As everyone knows, we are here to celebrate Father's Day, but we're also here to celebrate our Heavenly Father. He's Lord God of all. He is our Father. He loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. That if we just believe in him, we would receive the precious gift of salvation. And our sins would be gone forever. As far as the east is from the west is what Scripture tells us. But you know, the wonderful thing is that Jesus loves us too. And the thing is, we know that he would do it all over again for us. Worship with us as we sing. His final moments spent in shame Next to God's own son He cried out for mercy and asked for forgiveness For such a wasted life Then Jesus looked up and said Child, today you'll be with me in paradise Jesus carried my shame up Calvary's mountain and gave his life on a tree. He took the nails, the guilt and despair for a wretched sinner like me. He died in my place 
now I stand in grace. His love conquered every sin, and it saving me meant another cross. He would do it all over again. Now my life's not all that it should be. I fail him every day, but praise the Lord, I'm not what I was before my life was changed. Though I was guilty and sentenced to death, Jesus gave his life instead. He rescued my soul for my sins as far as he's from the west. Jesus carried my shame up Calvary's mountain and gave his life on a tree. He took the nails, the guilt and despair for a wretched sinner like me. He died in my place, now I stand in grace. His love conquered every sin, and if saving me meant another cross, he would do it all over again. Jesus carried my shame up Calvary's mountain and gave his life on a tree. He took the nails of guilt and despair for a wretched sinner like me. He died in my place, now I stand in grace. His love conquered every sin, and his saving me meant another cross. He would do it all over. Father, thank you. As I said, today is Father's Day. And there's a charge in the scripture it's placed on fathers. First, it gives us wisdom in Proverbs 22.6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will never part from it. But did you know that one of the oldest daily prayers is said, is found in Deuteronomy 6. It's called a Shema. It's a prayer that says to love your Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and to train your children. Train them wherever they go, and they're getting up, and they're going, and they're rising, they're falling, to train them to love the Lord your God. For if, if the Lord came today, 
Do you know where your children would be? Would they be lost? Or would they be with the Lord? If we heard that midnight cry right at this moment, where would they be? Worship with us now. And it's closer now than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet as Gabriel sounds the call. see prophecies fulfilled and the signs of the times they're appearing everywhere I can almost hear the trumpet as Gabriel sounds a At the midnight cry, the bride of Christ will rise. 
Can you give the Lord praise this morning? How many of you believe he's coming? He's coming again. He's coming very soon. You know, the Bible tells us that. Thank you, men of valor. One more time, give it up for these gentlemen on Father's Day. Thank you. The Bible tells us what they sang about. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. It says, for the Lord himself... He isn't going to send an escort. He isn't going to send some chariot with a driver. He isn't going to send an angel. It says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And it says, and the dead in Christ arise first. Then we were to alive and remain. Some of these alive and remain folks aren't very happy, all right? They didn't expect them very much today. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Verse 18 says, wherefore. In other words, hello. Listen to what I just told you. Did you hear that? And then it says, wherefore. Comfort one another with these words. The Lord is coming soon. He's coming soon. Thank you, guys, for bringing that message. On Father's Day, nothing more appropriate than that. We're waiting on the midnight hour. We're getting our families ready, and we're excited to know that this thing is just about ready to wind up. Amen. Amen. For I am even at the door, says the Lord. My people will make herself ready. My people will prepare themselves, for I am coming, says the Lord. Trust and know that I fulfill my word and my promise, and my word is coming to life before your eyes. Trust and know that I am a God of great deliverance, and my church will be delivered soon. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you read in Scripture, you know that that is the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the church. Message in tongues and interpretation. And we believe that in this Pentecostal church. Somebody say amen. 
He's coming soon, and I believe with all that we see all around us, the signs of the times are everywhere. We're seeing everywhere we look. I'm praying for the people of Charleston, but I'm praying for all of us. I'm praying for the end church because we need to be watching and alert. The Bible says to be sober, be ready, for in an hour that you think not, the Son of Man comes. I'm telling you the signs are everywhere. We need to be watching. Are you listening? Can you almost hear a trumpet? Ooh, dog. You hang on. You have faith. You don't give in and give up. The word of God is sure. The word of God is true. The Bible says, let every man be a liar, but God, his word will always be true. And he says in his word, I am coming again. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day. We're going to pray in just a moment over our word. And when we do, we want to pray for the Lewis family. Uh, Many of you knew Ron Lewis. He and Sister Barb Lewis were part of our church for many, many years. And he went on to be with the Lord this week and went to the service yesterday. And we want to just remember this family. Uh, Sister Barb grabbed my arm and she said, please have the church pray for me. So I want you to just keep her in your prayers. And let's remember her and this family, this wonderful family. Also, I want us to pray for Shirley Faf. Does anyone know Shirley? Anyone know Shirley? She's not been able to be with us in services for a couple of years. Got a call uh, over the weekend that she was in hospice in Middletown. And I went over there and I was trying to gauge and trying to remember who she was. And it wasn't until I got in there that I, I remembered. Very, very quiet little lady. I'm not surprised at all that she didn't, didn't have a bunch of folks know her because she was just very unassuming and very quiet. But we're praying for her. She is uh, in hospice, which goes without saying that she's very ill, needs our prayers. I want us to continue to remember her in prayer. God, I want God to comfort her and touch her. I sat with her when I walked in. I sensed and, and felt from our conversation that she was very afraid. And so I wanted God to give her peace. How many of you will help me pray for peace? The angels of the Lord. I prayed in that room that night and I said Lord let there be way more angels than there are doctors and nurses let her just be surrounded by heaven and let her feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit and so I want you to help me pray for Shirley but we're excited to celebrate dads today we love you we honor you as a matter of fact I want every dad in the house to stand up right where you are and don't clap or anything just for a moment every dad everybody every dad who Every grandpa, every, every guy who wants to be a dad, you stand up. You stand up. All right. We want you to know something. We want you to know. There they are. Come on, guys. Mi amigos. Yeah. Papa. We want, to, uh, we want to honor you. We want to let you know today that we appreciate you. We love you. We, it takes strength. It takes a real man to be a Christian man. It takes a man of honor and a man of faith and a man of integrity. It takes a good man to stand, when, and especially in the day and time that we live. And today, you know, we're calling today Super Dad. And I want you to know you are Super Dads to us, and we love you and appreciate you so much. And now your family's going to stand up right beside of you, and you all your friends. Come on now. Everybody stand. It's a round of dad somewhere, and I want you to help me now. Let's give them honor and wish them a happy Father's Day. Amen. 
reading scripture, if you would remain standing, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. I want to remember these folks in prayer and also want to remember Brother Ron Carter who needs our prayers. We want to lift him up in prayer and ask God to be with him. He is in a hospital in Columbus, and uh, we need uh, to pray for our brother. He'd be right here, sitting right over there if he was able to be here. So we want to pray for him. When I went looking through Scripture and prayerfully considering what I would do today in talking to fathers, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I had a little, uh, little angel sit on my shoulder and had other people tell me some things just about, you know, one of the things that, that's obviously true. Mothers, I mean, we are sappy over you mamas. We give you all so much sugar, it ain't even funny. I mean, we just parade you, give you flowers, we take care of you. We, yeah, amen. Yeah, oh, I felt the Lord then. You know, <laughs> we take care of y'all, and we just, we go out of our way. To make, but man, it gets to dads, and sometimes we're just, just like, man up, dad. Get strong. Get courage. You got to take charge. You got to do this. You are terrible. You got to grow up. We tend to beat dads up sometimes. And today, we're going to turn the tide. How many of you ladies would say, we're thankful for the men of God that God has put in your family? And we want, we want to honor them and celebrate them. Sure, we want to challenge them, but it's time for us to, to start getting a little gushy over dads. And I'm going to do that right now because, you see, I got one that's here today in the house. And see this right here? Super dad. Well, I was waiting for him to come in because my dad is right over here. And I want to give him a super dad shirt. Dad, there you go. I love you. Very much. That man right there helped raise six kids. And he provided and he worked and sometimes worked two and three shifts at a time. He, we wouldn't see him. He would work 12, 16-hour days. All my life, I remember him hard at work. If something broke, he didn't call nobody. He fixed it himself. As a matter of fact, I thought he was a superhero. And as a matter of fact, if I were to name him as a superhero, it would be Batman. Because all we had to do was throw that light out in the middle of wherever, and he would come running. He's come to help us get our cars. All six kids would break down at one time or another. He'd come and rescue us there, and he'd fix this and fix that. and he'd, He just kept everything going. And all of our lives, he loves music, and he's talented, and he sings like I don't know what. And he is great, and he gives all that to us. And I just want to say publicly, Dad, you've worked hard. You've done it with integrity. You're a man who's honest, and you have set an example in front of your kids. We love you with all of our hearts, and I honor you as a super dad today. That's my dad. That's my dad. I honestly would get in fights with other kids. You've seen it on TV, but I literally did it because I had this belief that none of you other dads were as good as this one, and you couldn't do all the stuff he could do because he could do anything. He could fix anything, and it, that's just the way I believed it. And I remember my cousin, Terry, was all about th telling me how his dad was the best. And I, man, I almost came to fight with that guy. I was about to punch him in the face if he said one more thing. His dad was not as good as mine. But uh, we honor dads, and, and we want to honor you today. And i got a couple other guys that are going to fight for that first place trophy on dads. And they're going to share a little bit here in just a minute. But I want us to read 
what I consider to be in the scripture, one of the places in scripture that points us to a super dad, to a dad that just literally exemplifies the heart of God. It's in Luke chapter 15. You know the story, but you've probably listened to it and studied it from a perspective of the son, the prodigal son. But I want to dare to introduce you this morning to the prodigal father. The prodigal father. Listen. Then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine or pigs. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Father, we ask your blessings on the word of God this morning. Speak with us in the few moments that we have. Challenge our hearts, God, to, to honor our fathers, to celebrate the heart of a father. And Lord, I pray especially for those folks hurting today as we've prayed in the service for Charleston. We ask, Lord, for that church and every church, Lord, to feel the power and the presence of God this morning as we heal and, and, and Lord, as we do our best to just continue on, carry on carrying the gospel message to a hurting world. And I pray that you would touch Shirley as we lift Shirley Faff up to you. Ask your pleasant presence to be with her, to guide and touch her. Lord, let doctors and nurses be led by your hand, and I pray that you will lead her, Lord, into that comfort place where your angels are just all around her, and let her sense and know your peace. Lord, we pray for Ron Carter. I lift him up and ask your healing to be upon him. Let him feel and sense, even in this very moment, God, your touch upon his body physically. We ask this in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, our first super dad that we're going to talk about today comes all the way from a cruise ship on the Atlantic Ocean heading towards the Bahamas, because that's where our minister of music and his beautiful wife is right now. They are doing what they call a grandson cruise. So they have single-handedly taken on all their grandkids, and they... Go ahead and turn it up, guys. Go ahead. We'll start. Kathy wants to honor her father, 
which is Brother Bill Mann. Listen close. Good morning, Stratford Heights. We're not able to be there today because we're on grandson vacation. Woohoo! And we're having a great time. But Pastor wanted us to share about superheroes, and uh, Kathy's dad is who we're going to talk about. To us, he's known as Poppy, or Poppy Bill, to the grandchildren, or to you, Brother Man. You know, he's just that kind of guy, just when he walks in the room, you just sense his presence. So Kathy, tell us about your dad. Wow, what an introduction. Isn't that crazy? You know me, I'm always over the top. I know. Hey, I wanted to talk a little bit about my dad today in honor of Father's Day. My dad was a steel worker all of his working life. And as our family grew, he continued on in that line of work. And we wound up having five children. I have three brothers and a sister. And my dad worked shift work for the steel mill, which means that he would work days, then he would work the second shift, and then he would work the midnight shift, and then he would have a long weekend off. So you can imagine how it was to manage resting at all those various times with a house full of children, running in and out if it was summer, and all cooped up if it was winter. So to me, that's pretty much of a superman to be able to manage that. My dad was always approachable and loving and the same in our home as he was when he was out and about. I wanted to talk a little bit about why I call my dad a superman spiritually. Um, my dad was a praying man from the time I can remember he would take time uh, to go into the room and shut the door, even if we were here, even if we were home. I remember one time in particular, he came in and he told my mother that he was having trouble with someone at work. And he said, I'm gonna go into the bedroom to pray about it. So to me, that's like kryptonite, that an evil person would want to weekend Superman with. That was like kryptonite in my dad's life at the time. He had a large family to support, he needed his job, and he wanted peace on his job. So I remember later him and my mother talking about how the situation had resolved itself. And I'm sure it was because he took it to the Lord. I want to talk about my dad and and his love for the word. As long as I can remember, he's always had a Bible open near where his favorite chair was. And as I grew, I can remember thinking about that and watching that. Uh, when he would get in his work car, he had a little testament stuck in between the dashboard and the door. And he would grab that little testament out when he got to work and he would carry it with him. And I'm certain, although I wasn't at work with him, I'm sure he took time to study and read God's word. So I asked him one time, I said, Dad, how did you get to be such a lover? 
of God's word. And he said, well, when you were just a baby, your mom invited me to go to church. And he said, so I went and I gave my heart to Jesus. He said, so I figured I needed to learn as much as I could about him. He said, so I figured the best way to do that was to read the Bible. He said, so I began to. And he said, seemed like the more that I read it, the more I wanted to read it. And he said, it wasn't long until I started to study it and I grew to love it. And he said, now it's part of who I am. And that so touched me. I didn't expect that big explanation, but I watched the Word of God work in my dad's life. I've watched the Holy Spirit carry him through some difficult times. And even now, as he's aging, his health is beginning to fail. You can still go in my dad's house. The Bible will be open next to his favorite chair. And sometimes you'll even go in and he'll have it open on his lap. To me, <laughs> my dad is a superman. Thank you. And he's also the best father-in-law anybody could ever have. We love you, Poppy. We love you, Bill. I love you, Daddy. We'll see you when we get back off vacation. Bye. Bye. Happy, Happy Father's, Father's Day. Day to all of you. Amen. I'm sure they're just really just trying to endure and get through, you know, the Bahamas right now. We appreciate them, and, and I've got a shirt for, uh, for Brother Mann. We're going to honor him. But uh, coming next is Christian. I asked Christian Mays if he would come and honor his father, and he's going to do that right now. Tell us what's what superhero your dad is. I had to think long and hard about what superhero reminded me of my dad. Truthfully, it wasn't until yesterday that a specific one came to me. Not because I thought poorly of my dad, but to me, my dad was every hero. There was no one that was good enough to cover what he meant to me, what he means to me. It wasn't until I realized what a hero truly was that I was able to narrow the field down to just one. A hero is a servant of his fellow man, a guardian, a protector, a leader, a sturdy rock in the storm. He's admired, selfless, and often his characteristics are emulated by those around him, those that want to be like him. He's beloved, he's inspiring, and he's a hope of what can be. So for me to choose one superhero that made that, it could only be Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. <laughs> if you read the comics or saw the movie, you know Steve had a heart of a hero long before he had the power to go with it. It was his deepest desire to serve his country, fight for what he knew was right, and to be a light in the darkness. And despite being rejected many times, he stayed faithful to his calling 
and his dream. And finally, when desire and preparation met opportunity, his dream was realized, and he suddenly found himself thrust into the role he was born to. For my dad, the story was very similar. As long as he could remember, he wanted to be a policeman to protect and serve. And despite being rejected early on because he was too short, my dad's like 5'7", he'll say he's 5'8", but he's about 5'7". Uh, back then, Middletown had a height requirement. But he remained faithful. He uh, did what he could for his community. He became a businessman. He was respected by everybody that knew him. He provided jobs for people that didn't have them. He kept people working when he knew that they were stealing from him because he cared enough about their family that it, he didn't want that to, to overhang them. Everybody that ever met him loved him. Probably the greatest memory I have was every Christmas we'd walk into a store and you've all heard the jingling of the bell for the Salvation Army. And my dad would always reach in his wallet, no matter what was there, pull it out and put it in the bucket. And he'd say the work they do is important. They help others when other people turn their backs. Never turn your back, son, when you can just as easily put out your hand. That's what he would tell me. One day, I get worked up when I'm talking about my dad, I'm sorry. One day, he, uh, the opportunity came. He finally got to become a deputy for Warren County. And he served there up until last year when he retired at the age of 61. Now, if you know anything about police, that is very old for a cop. But he served his time. He's retired now. He's loving life, and he's actually watching live stream right now. My stepmom was in a car accident Wednesday, and she's pretty beat up. So he's taking care of her on his day. I love him for that. I'm thankful for Pastor Rabian allowing me to honor my dad today and give me a few moments to honor you fathers as well. The world's tried many ways to succeed in the marginalization of fatherhood. Television portrays fathers as a bad joke. If they're not some lazy oaf, they're a womanizing skirt chaser. Gone are the days of father knows best. But I take comfort in this. I know the devil's a liar. I know this world's fallen. But most importantly, I know that Christ's return is imminent. I take comfort in knowing that the enemy doesn't bother with stuff that, that doesn't affect him. Therefore, by knowing fatherhood's on his radar... I know fatherhood's a high calling. Moreover, I know what the word says. Our Father, which art in heaven, Father, forgive them. How much more so will your Father in heaven? Father, 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 over and over again the word. As a matter of fact, I did a word count 1,510 times. It mentions the word Father. It keeps time by the word Father. That's how important fathers are. Genesis 1.27 said, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then 131, a couple verses later. And here's the verse that, dads, you need to remember. God saw everything that he made. 
and indeed it was very good. All this tells me that fathers matter. We matter. Do not be ashamed. John 16:33 Jesus said these things I have spoken to you that you and me may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Matthew 5:13 says you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And the devil wants us to lose our flavor. He wants our light to be under a basket and snuffed out. But God tells men we're this. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. I'm grateful to be called the priesthood holder in my home. I'm grateful for a father that even though when I was a child was not saved, knew enough to point me in that direction. And now many years later, I've got to pray with my dad and he is, he's a Christian. My dad is my hero, long before the world ever said he could be. Just remember, God saw everything he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Amen. Amen. I celebrate my dad. He's 98 years old today. No, I'm kidding. He's only 67, but... Uh, He's not watching today, so I'll do that. Uh, I want to, if I could identify my dad as a superhero today, I thought a lot about that. And like Christian, I believe he exemplifies a lot of those hero um, ways and different things. But one, one thing I thought of that makes my dad so great to me and has impacted me so greatly and the people around him, if I could think of a superhero, it would be Iron Man. Iron Man is a man... If you know anything about that, his name is Tony Stark, and he's brash and egotistical, and my dad's nothing like that. But, but what happens in Tony Stark's life is he discovers something called the arc reactor. And the arc reactor is something that is a powerful force that, that basically gets put in his chest, a replacement for who he is with something greater. And then as he experiences that, and that's invented, he becomes a, a brand new man, greater than a man actually he is able he's enabled to do supernatural feats he becomes a superhero with what gets put in his chest my dad is 67 like I said and grew up in Orangeburg South Carolina on the other side of the tracks with 10 brothers and sisters his dad made a living as a gardener in Edisto Gardens they lived off of practically nothing but one day at South Carolina youth camp which we go to youth camp this week our teenagers last week and this week the Lord got a hold of my dad's heart, got a hold of that thing that was, that was not right with God, that was wayward. And, and he tells me the story all the time that he gave his heart to the Lord and surrendered to him. He said he wanted more. There was just something that God was dealing with him. And he said he went outside. He actually showed me on our trip a couple of weeks ago there. And he said he just went out and, and under the, the stars in the sky, he just surrendered to God. 
He said he took off running, worshiping God, praising God, shouting and giving God praise. He said two hours later, the, the head counselor came looking for him and he was just worshiping God. And he said that what happened that night is, is a natural man began to experience the supernatural, began to experience the Lord. Mm. And a natural man in his strength began to walk in God's strength. And if you know my dad today, and I know that Ray has a tremendous message, and I don't want to take away from that today, but what makes him great is what's in his chest, the heart of God. If you're ever to meet him and talk with him, you can tell that God has got a hold of his heart and given him a brand new heart. And I thought of this scripture today, and I pray that my kids see that, my girls see that in me. It says in Ezekiel 36 and 25, it says that I will give you, the Lord says, a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep your laws. What I always saw in my dad that got in the way of my sin and my destruction was the heart of God. The one when I was a teenager and I was wayward and wanted to do my own thing, I always saw the heart of God. I tell him all the time I could fight with him all day long, but as soon as he started talking about the Lord, I couldn't fight anymore. When the heart of God began to be seen and felt, he's experienced and been through so many battles, but the heart of God has got him through. He has been through difficulties and he's going through difficult things, but the heart of God, the thing that came and changed him from the inside out, it made him supernatural in strength by the power of God. Something was given to him. It was a new heart today, my dad. Amen. Uh, I'd rather you didn't give this to your dad. I want to give this to you. Um, I was privileged to kind of be with him last night, and, and uh, I got talked, my family talked me into late in the evening going over to Kings Island, so I went over there, and um, I met them just to sit by the fountain for a few minutes and then go home, but uh, Cameron was there, and uh, I followed behind him. He didn't know I was following him. I was just watching him for a little while, not because I was spying or anything, but uh, I'm not a stalker, but he had, he had been with us, and we had fellowshiped a little while, and he took off to take the girls. He had the girls with him, and he was taking them off to the kiddie land, and, and I was on my way out. And I, I just had occasion to follow him a little while, and I watched him with his little girls, and I watched how he interacted with them. And, you know, he was giving Whitney the night off, so she was at home resting. They had just got back from a trip. And so he was there on a date night with his two little girls. And he's all over Kings Island pushing this big stroller around. And I was laughing. I wanted to take a photo. Uh, here he was, Mr. Mom. And uh, he was doing such a good job. And I just want you to know, I watched. I looked back at him, and I thought, that is a super dad right there. So I love you, buddy. And the very first superheroes, and, and I realize what time it is. Just hang with me. It's Father's Day. You're going to go to dinner, and I'm going to be done in a few minutes. I'm going to do a point a minute, and, that, and I've only got four points. So four minutes, and you're out of here. How many of you believe that? I am blown away. The lack of trust. On your mark, get set. Here we go. The very first superheroes ever in the world were dads from the very beginning of time. It started with dad. It's always been that he is the heart and the power of God's love. You know, we talk about moms and how they nurture and they're tender and they're sweet and they're kind and they're good and you're wonderful 
We love you. Got you on a pedestal. But dads are the power of God's love. They're the ones who make it happen. I mean, they build the tent, and they take care of making sure there's, you know, meat on the table and potatoes. And they make sure that if the car's broke down, it gets fixed. They, they're the ones that if, if there's a problem anywhere in the world, dads will come to the rescue. Super dads have always been that person. They've been the protector. They've been the provider. And they're the ones who bring the power of God's love alive into the family and into the kids' hearts. You know, a, a statistic that I heard a few weeks ago that blew my mind, especially in what we would typify as a Pentecostal church because growing up, it used to always be that the ladies tended to kind of fill the, the houses more, the houses of God. They, they tend to be more ladies at the prayer meetings and more ladies in service. Growing up, where I grew up in smaller churches, there was always just a bunch of ladies and a few of the men on the back. And I understood that kind of principle, found out this statistic is true, and they've done it through Barner Research, and this is what they came up with. They said that of the children in a family where the mother is the one that is faithful to attend the house of God, and they're the ones who raise the children in faith and are regular church attenders, 17% of those kids will follow their mom into serving God and being a part of the Christian heritage and faith that they they've been raised in, found out that where the man, the father, is the head of that home, and he's the one who brings the family to church, he's the one who raises his children in faith and in attendance to God's house, when it's the man that does that job, the father, 93% of the young people in that home attend the house of God the rest of their lives. That is an amazing statistic until I prayed about it and the Lord said, well, I set it up that way. The father is to be the priest of the home. He is to be the spiritual head and leader of his home. And when he does, the children automatically follow. But how many of you know, when mama trails off to church and daddy's sitting on the sofa and he's watching the games all day long or watching Fishing Channel and he ain't going to that church, how many of you know that makes it a very struggle and a civil war begins to develop in that house? And most of the time, when the dad don't go, the kids say, well, dad don't go, and they don't go. The statistics are there to prove that is a fact. So, guys, you need to understand, you are, you have the heart of God to lead. You are the men that are literally the amazing men who are supposed to have inside of you the power of God's love at work. You're the men that will fight, that will sacrifice. That man over there would go without food to make sure all six kids had food. I knew he, was, he would always sacrifice. He never had a lot of stuff when, he was, when we were growing up. He always let us have the stuff, and he would just kind of do without. And, and I, I, that's the heart of a father. He's a sacrificer. He's a provider. He loves his kids. He stays awake all night worrying about them. He prays over them. He wants God to know that he cares about them and that he intercedes for them. They are, fathers are the super dads. This story that I told you about, is, is, it typifies the, the superhero dad mentality. When, when Jesus was describing the prodigal son's father, he was literally saying, this is how the father, God, is. This is his heart. And we have this mentality, a lot of times, as I said earlier, we tend to be a little harsh, a little, 
you know, a little tough on dads. But technically, we're that way on God as well. We don't see God sometimes. We see him as a typical guy, as a male, and we don't let him be tender and be kind. And and, and we don't let him be the super dad that he really is. So Jesus was concerned. He wanted to make sure that we knew we had the wrong idea about God. God is a God of great tenderness and mercy and grace. And the heart of the Father is exposed in this little story. This, we oftentimes talk about the prodigal son. And we, you know, get to the place where we take that as a moral story with a good ending on, "Uh uh-huh, listen up, kids. If you go the way of the world, you're going to lose out. You're going to lose everything. You're going to end up eating with the pigs, and you're not going to have anything in life. How many times have we taken the prodigal son's story and applied it to our young people? But have you ever thought about taking this story and applying it to fathers? The word prodigal means this, extravagant, improvident, imprudent, having or giving something in a lavish way, extravagantly, recklessly, spending and freely giving. So not only is this about the prodigal son who wasted, but it's about the prodigal father who gave, who gave, who gave all that he had. For this son, look at the beautiful picture of God in this in this story that he told. The heart of the father is found inside the heart of the prodigal dad. The first thing you see is the prodigal father gives, and the younger one said to his father, "Father, give me my share of the estate." So he divided his property between both of his sons. That wasn't that wasn't the Jewish value or culture of the day. It was actually. A dishonor this son was giving to his father. He wasn't respecting him. He was in equivalency saying this, Father, I wish you were already dead. Just can I have my money? So the kid was definitely lazy. He was considered worthless when it comes to, to you know, good for nothing when it comes to what he might could, could do for anything. But this father absolutely loved him enough to endure the agony of rejected love. That's the heart of the father. How many of us, we look at this prodigal son and we say, hmm, no good, worthless, lazy. But you know, honestly, how many of us has God had to endure our rejected love? The heart of God was there. And the father, the awesome thing about it is the father never gave up on him. How do I know? Because when we go on to read more of the story, we start to see what happened. What was the father doing? Well, he was a giver. He went ahead and divided it all up and gave to his son. He let him go on his way. He knew better than to try to stop him. That wasn't going to be the answer to just put the hammer down and lock him up in the house. What he did was he let the boy make his choice, gave him the freedom to make his choices. And have we not been given that freedom in our own lives to make wrong choices? And have we not ended up in messes like this young man did? But it technically was not about the ab the money it was never really about the money what it was for that boy was an absence of relationship with his father he didn't realize what love his father had for him and we don't realize the love that our father has for us when we truly look at the story we see that the father spent all that time carrying on he kept the farm going he probably ended up 
putting all the money back that he had given away. I mean, he, he was hard at work, and he kept the servants, and he kept the farm going, and he kept working. But the story is so beautiful to point out one small thing. It says once the boy had went on his way and lost his way, wasted all of his living in riotous ways, that he literally had come to the end of himself. And then it says, and he had a thought. Praise God for convicting thoughts. Don't ever doubt that your son, your daughter, is not still dealing with a God who sends his Holy Spirit with messages to them when they're right in the middle of their messes. Your prodigal is still getting the prodigal father's love poured out on them everywhere they go. They may be in the pig's pen. They may be tempted to even eat the pig's food, but I promise you they are having thoughts. The Holy Spirit is dropping things down in their path, handfuls, if you will, on purpose that let them know that God loves them, and they think about home. They'll always think about home. We, we quoted the scripture in Proverbs about train up a child in the way that he should go earlier, and I'll tell you, the rest of that says, for when he is old, when he will not depart from it, he'll come back to it. Because that's the truth of God's prodigal love. He will chase them down. This father sat every day doing his work, getting things ready. But, you know, there's a couple things we learned from it. And I'm watching. A couple things. I still got three minutes left. Don't you know what he did? Every morning when he got up and prayed and walked outside and, and was there looking at the horizon of the hill. He had gotten the best robe he had in the house, and he had it cleaned, and he had it put away in a drawer, and, and he had the, the family signet ring, and it was all cleaned and shined up, and probably had a servant that he kept that pressed and kept that clean, and he put that in the drawer. It was right there, and he had this nice pair of sandals that, that he knew, just knew by faith. He knew that one day his son was going to need those sandals, so he put those sandals away in that little drawer, and he just kept watching the horizon, watching the the horizon you say well how do you know that well it just seemed to me that you know he was able to to give some clear instruction right away as soon as he looked over the hill here he is doing his work carrying on a normal day there had been many normal days possibly years and every day he was watching and yet the bible says and when he was yet a great distance the father saw him he knows where they are Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Dad, you need to understand, God knows where they are, and so do you. You know the scoop. You know the story. You've got the heart of God. It says, and when he was yet a far distance, the father saw him. It says he ran to him. Do you see that picture of a super dad? Albert, that's a super dad. He ran to him. He took off. You know, I don't know how he did it. Maybe he did it like Ahab. Maybe he did it like some of the others in the Bible. I don't know how he did it. He probably pulled it up like Elijah did right up here and went just running. And as he took off running, his bare legs running across that field, he was running down through town. People wondering, what in the world's going on? He, what is happening with him now? That prodigal father, he is, he is headed off somewhere. You know, he wanted to get out there to where that boy was as quick as he could. When he got out there to where he was, he says he fell on his neck, hugged him, and kissed him, and turned. Apparently, there was a servant that knew exactly what he was supposed to do because he turned immediately and said, 
go get the ring, go get the robe, go get the sandals. Hey, kill the fatted calf, you know, the one we've kept in the barn separate from the others, the one that I've been waiting and praying about every day. Go get that fatted calf and get him ready. His day has come. Because my son, who once was dead, is now alive. And my son, who was lost, has now been found. God knows every hurt of your heart, Dad. He knows every son, every daughter that's on the wayward way. And I'm telling you what, the heart of the Father rests inside you. Be the priest of your home. Begin to call it done. See it done. That prodigal father saw their sons and daughters, saw his son. He saw him saved. He saw him coming home. He saw him coming back to the house, and he was already ready for him. You get that inside you, and that's extravagant. That's reckless. That's careless giving. That's you just spending all you got on hope and the anchor of faith that brings your children home. I'm telling you, there is a message. It might be a grandson. It might be a granddaughter. It might be a son or a daughter. Whoever it is, understand this, super dad. You are the one. I'm praying that God put an anointing on you keep a watch and to get ready because when they come up over that hill I'm challenging you this morning be the superhero that you are and get out and don't let bitterness don't let anger don't let anything that ever stood in the path before don't let nothing stop you from pulling up your robe and taking a flying run straight toward you know I looked up the Greek word for that in in the scripture there and it's the word called treka and it simply means this he ran He ran. I was looking for something else, but it just simply means he ran. God wants us to have his heart. And I believe with all my heart, Dad, you've been anointed to carry the heart of a super dad. You've been anointed to carry the heart of God. Your children are waiting. Your grandchildren are waiting on you to step up and, and really understand. I'm not going to stop believing. This prodigal dad, he kept waiting. He kept believing. He kept watching. And you don't let one day go but what you aren't doing the very same thing. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I want you to stand with me this morning. What I really love what I really love about that story, not many people ever really talk about it, but listen to this. The boy had rehearsed. Did you see that in the word? The boy rehearsed over and over and over again. Father, for I have sinned against heaven and against you and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please make me like one of your hired servants. He practiced it over. I'm sure as he trailed back home, he was a nervous wreck. He didn't know whether he was going to be accepted, whether he'd be warmly welcomed. He had no idea what was going to happen. His father might say, get out of here. His father might say, no way, because we don't know. We don't have any concept of what that was going to be. But as he got over the hill, he practiced it one more time. He saw his father running towards him, and he practiced it one more time. Father, I have sinned against you and in heaven, against heaven and against you and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please make me like one of your hired servants. And he's doing it one more time, and finally here comes his dad, and his dad comes up next to him, looks at him, and he goes, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please, hey, go get the ring. Go get the robe. Go get the sandals 
and prepare the fatted calf for my son who was dead is now alive. What I like about that, did you notice? He had practiced and rehearsed that whole line, but the father didn't give him time to make a deal, didn't give him any time to come up with a whole list of works. There was nothing that boy could say or do that could, that could make that father love him any more than he did in that moment. I think it is absolutely one of the beautifulest, one of the prettiest, one of the most amazing pictures of grace you will ever see in your life. The father didn't let him make a deal. The father just kissed him, hugged him, got the robe and got the ring and prepared the, the calf and he got it all there together. He said, I don't want to hear about you serving as one of my servants. I don't want to hear about you working in the barn. You are my son. My son who once was dead is now alive. And that's the way God looks at every one of us. He is not wanting us to make a deal. He's not looking for us to be good enough to earn it to pay for it or to serve he wants us to just know he loves us every one of us and he's got a heart of mercy and grace isn't that awesome when you find that in the word you like I'm just like I'm looking at it and I'm like no way the boy didn't even get to the part about make me one of your servants the father said huh you're my boy and I remember a night when I got down in the altar and I cried and I said, God, I have failed you over and over and over and over again. And God said, get up, boy. You're my son. I forgive you. I've removed it as far as the east is from the west. I have, don't remember nothing against you. I've cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. That's the mercy and the grace of God. He doesn't want to hear about your deals. He don't want to hear about your works. He don't want to hear about all you got planned to try to get back in his good grace. All he wants you to do is come home. All he wants you to do is head home. And when you get halfway across the desert and you're looking and you see that little speck running, you understand and know that is the mercy of God coming after you. Amen? That's the heart of a super dad. Sorry, dad, you got quite a challenge there. You just got to step into what you were made to be. Step into what you were made to be. You are made to be a superhero all day long. All the wives, all of y'all, you're going to be like, why did you tell them that? They're going to be coming out in Superman t-shirts. They're going to have a cape, a towel tied around their neck, walking through the house with the remote control in charge. They're going to say, I blame that preacher. He told Eddie Woodson that he was a superhero and now we can't live with him. All God wants you to do, gentlemen, is stand up in who you were made to be. You were made to be a superhero. You're made to be the heart and the power of God's love for your family, for your wife, for your grandchildren. You are made to be the spiritual head, the priest of your home. And it only works right when you step into your role. And I think we need to honor that today, don't we? Some families need to honor that. Kids need to honor that. Wives, some wives that want to run the roost, they need to understand that. Now, I'm not, don't get mad at me. How many of you believe in the order that God has set? Sometimes, sometimes we get that all out of order and we wonder why we got chaos in our house. 
we'll all step up and be who we were meant to be. Let God anoint you to be that. I'm telling you, we're going to have peace in the house. There are going to be a bunch of folks wearing knees underneath their suits every Sunday. Because you are a superhero. Father, I pray this morning that you would touch every man. Fathers, grandfathers, husbands, young men who will one day be fathers. I pray that you will put down inside of them this morning the heart of a superhero. You would touch them and anoint them. Let them sense and feel the anointing of your spirit even now where they are. God leading them, giving them wisdom, anointing the head, Lord, with wisdom and grace. Let them sense and feel the anointing that you're putting down inside their spirit right now. Oh, I pray over them. Power. I pray over them, Lord, your presence and your wisdom to guide and direct their families. And I pray this in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, the very first place we start is we start with a relationship, a relationship with Christ. If you're here today and you need the Lord in your heart, you need to start right there. I had a father at the early service who come up to me and he says, I've blown it. I've not done anything right, but I sure would like to do it now. And we prayed, we believed, and God, I'm telling you, yesterday is gone. Today starts your brand new life in Christ. And it can all turn right now. And you can be the father you're meant to be. Right where you stand, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for you. If you're here and you need Jesus to start the new life, I want you to slip up your hand right where you are and right back down. We're going to pray with you today. Father, are you here? God bless you, sir. Anyone else? I want to I pray to receive Christ into my life. I want to be the father I'm meant to be. I want God to use me. I want to be anointed. And it starts with that relationship. Is there anyone else? All right. We're going to pray right now. Thank God for these that have lifted their hands. Let's pray. Join with me in this prayer that changes your life. If you mean it and you are sincere from your heart, your life changes from this moment forward. Father, we pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I make you my Lord. Help me be the servant of God that I am meant to be. I know you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. I declare you're my Lord today. According to your word, I believe in my heart. I've asked you to forgive me of my sins. I confess you now, so I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. And so Lord, I pray over our families. I pray over our church. I pray over our men today. I pray that, God, they will have a beautiful day. I pray, the Lord, they will be celebrated. And, Lord, if they want to wrap that towel around their neck, that's all right. But, God, I pray that you'll help them to see the men of God that they are meant to be. I don't know if they're Batman, Iron Man. I don't know if they're Captain America or who they are. But, God, I know that they're superheroes in your sight. And the greatest is the Savior, our Lord. As we desire and move in our lives to grow and be more like you, we become greater 
and better than any Marvel comic ever created. We love you today, Lord. I pray your anointing on every man in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let me tell you what we got today. Standing at all the doors we have for you. Do we have that example? Where is it? Throw it to me. We have a free gift for every every uh, father in the house. And if you're a father wannabe, you can, you can get one too. The ladies, you know, they're always struggling trying to find what are we going to give away as a father's gift today? Well, we come up with a pen. That's unique. It says Stratford Heights Church of God on it. And as they showed it to me, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that, that, that's, that's good. Yeah, an ink pen. <laughs> I mean, I write. I sign things. Yeah, that's a good gift. And then they went, well, I mean, it, it, does, it does this. And immediately I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I love it. Isn't that great? So then I've been playing with it all. I've been playing with it all morning. I like that. So, guys, you have a real pin light as a gift from your church today. We love you with all our hearts. Use it wisely and use it to do superhero tricks and help people rescue them from evil. God love you. Happy Father's Day. As, as you leave today, we just want to remind you, in honor of our families and fathers, we will not be having service tonight, but we know that you're going to bless and love families. Cursing memories forever see.